Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Resiliency and Running Podcast. My name is Liz, and I will be your host. I'm so excited because today we have Jack back on the podcast to recap his London Marathon experience, his very first marathon. We've got lots of questions, so just sit back and relax, and we'll just jump right into the episode. All right. Hello and welcome back to the podcast. We've got Jack back on yet again. He has just finished his first marathon. Jack, how do you feel? So. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, just 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 so. But it is Medal Monday and Jack is wearing his London Marathon medal and yeah, we're we're very excited because I posted a story today on my on the podcast Instagram asking for questions for Jack for this episode specifically to recap his overall experience of the London Marathon because there were a lot of emotions that we felt yesterday during. Feffy, feffy. Yeah. Fair few. Yeah, but before we get into that, we will of course start with some highs and lows. All right, Jack, this sounds like a stupid question, but what was your high for the week? That is a pretty stupid question. I mean, my high for the week was, of course, running the London Marathon. Pretty big. Yeah. Pretty, uh, yeah, pretty, pretty wild experience. But yeah, it was, it was good. I enjoyed mm. it. Well, I'm going to have to copy you and say that that was also my high. But for me, it wasn't just running the London Marathon, but it was running it alongside you. And just seeing, you know, you run your first marathon, being there with you for the emotions. I mentioned in one of the videos yesterday that like right before we crossed the finish line, I got super emotional just because it all sort of hit me all at once. And I just was like, oh my gosh, he's just run this whole thing. And I started crying and yeah, I, I started crying, but that was definitely the high for the week. What's your low for the week? So, so I don't owe you 50 pounds. I just want to make that very clear. Yes. Awesome. Yeah. For everyone here, he does not owe me 50 pounds because I thought that he would cry during the marathon or crossing the finish line. But in the end, it was actually me that cried. I saved the tears until I got home. So I'm all good. Um, we've actually had a lot of highs and lows. Are we going to read them out after we've oh, done Oh, yeah. So I'll start off with the first one. Monica, a high of having a full week of rest, finally. We love that. There is absolutely nothing better than having a full week of rest. It really does do wonders just for everything. So well done. That is a massive high. Um, and low dropped. Stop! I could have dropped my croissant. That's <laughs> horrendous news. I'm so sorry. Um, nobody likes dropping a, a, a croissant. No. We've got James highs the support for 26.2 finishing the marathon. Congrats. And lows seeing people collapse, puke, finding out that someone died. Yeah, I also got that email today and it's super, super sad. But someone unfortunately collapsed between miles 23 to 24. And yeah, I, I saw that email from the London Marathon media and it's very, very sad. And it's... It was tough and I think it's it was hard because I we all got we saw that post from the London Marathon the day before saying, you know, spoiler or like sorry, but you know, it's going to rain tomorrow. Sorry to be the bearer of bad news. And yeah, I think everyone was preparing for rain essentially. Both of Jack and I's kit bags as you guys saw was full of sweatpants and sweatshirts and just preparing for ourselves to be cold. But it was yeah, very warm. Jack really struggled with the heat. It was quite hot. So yeah, it was definitely very sad. Mm. 
Not good, not good, but we've had another another one come through from, from Jade. Uh, hi. Oh wait, hold on, that's hi as in like, her hi, not hi as in hello. Oh my god, I'm, I'm gone. Uh, getting a half marathon PB last week at Tissington HM. That is Amazing. massive. Absolutely massive. Congrats to you, that is incredible. I, I think people always underestimate how far a half marathon is. And a half marathon is also horrendous. And mm. I... I struggled. I struggled with half marathons. I struggled. I struggled with the marathon. But to PB a half marathon is absolutely incredible. And you should be incredibly proud of yourself because that's a humongous achievement. And now you have a knee injury. That is a... I know from experience about knee injuries. I am so sorry that you've got a knee injury. Please rest. I think rice has been like disproven now. So I, by the same person that did it, I still don't know how accurate that is, but just rest, take the other person's advice, get a week worth of rest and just chill and make sure that you're keeping yourself well because we've got to look after ourselves, especially with knees. Knees are horrible. Yeah. Okay. T Boyd said, low start of the school holiday here in New Zealand, tested positive for COVID again on the Saturday, teacher life. So sorry to hear that. That's not fun, but we are hoping that you get well soon. But you're doing amazing for being a teacher. So, you know. Yeah. Lots of, lots of love because teaching is very difficult. Also, hello, Ava. <laughs> All right, Jack, what's your low for the week? Uh, how my legs are currently feeling, I would say, yeah. is probably my low, only because my legs are feeling absolutely horrific right now. Some some minutes they're good, some minutes they're bad. I feel like I'm very up and down, but I will be chilling out on the sofa after this. I will be sitting down with my little goo cheesecake pots. Mm. Might watch some Ted Lasso if you're up for it. We've just started watching that. Jack's watched it before, but he's introduced me to it and I'm loving it. So we'll definitely be watching that. Yes, James, recovery run tomorrow. I, oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry, sorry, Ava. Oh, I, Eva. Yes, I Eva, think the, pronun Eva. the pronunciation is Eva. I, I'm so sorry. Sorry, Eva. Yeah, I was going to say low for the week as well for me is that I am also feeling a bit sore. Not as sore though as I was post Berlin, which is surprising. And I think today I've taken a complete rest day because I know I shouldn't do anything today. I might do a recovery run tomorrow, if I'm honest, just to get back into the swing of things. And especially because I've got a half marathon in 11 weeks, 12 weeks. And so I need to start training for that. But obviously we're going to take it easy. I know that I've just run two marathons and people are like, take a rest, take a break. You're crazy. <laughs> Some people say, but yeah, I'm going to try and do a recovery run tomorrow just to see how I'm feeling. And yeah, I'm always, it just excites me whenever I get to like, you know, get ready for the next race. And so that's what I'm going to be doing right after this. And a spoiler alert, I'm going to be hopefully training for a sub 145. So we will see. But without further ado, let's get into the episode and let's get into these questions. All right, so this episode is gonna be solely just around questions that we've got sent in from followers of the Resiliency in Running podcast Instagram. I posted an Instagram story essentially earlier this morning asking for questions for Jack just post-marathon, you know, the feelings of how his first marathon went. And so we got, a, we got quite a few and I'm really proud of it. And if you ever wanna submit future questions, feel free to follow the podcast Instagram. It's just in the show notes. I'll just start asking you some of these questions. 
Um, and some of them may kind of copy or be similar, but we'll kind of just work through them. So starting with a question from Zoe, when did you feel you were hitting a wall the most? I'm not allowed to say like mile one, am I? No, okay. Um, mile, mile 20. Mile 20, I, I hit I hit the wall. Um, and it's nice to know that in the training plan I did up to 20 miles and that was you know, really tough. Um, but I guess it was also quite nice to sort of get to that point and then hit the wall knowing that 20 is like my limit. That's where I'm pushed. I've pushed myself all the way up to that point. And after that, there were there was still a time where I was still jogging. I was still kind of going for it a little bit. But I walked, you know, and I, I have no shame in admitting that. I have no shame in saying that it's good to walk in the marathon. There was loads of people doing it. At first, I was like, no, 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 I can't walk. I, I need to keep going. I, ha I have to keep going for myself, for my own sense of pride or whatever. But in the end, you just get to a stage where you're like, I have to walk. I have to do this. And if I don't, my legs will just buckle and I won't carry on. So, it, you know, walking, then running, walking, then running. It, it definitely gave me the little bit of push that I needed to, to get me over the finish line in the end. And because I, I managed to do the final mile didn't I really just jogging we yeah. ended, we ended up doing that um but it was like 20 20 maybe and a half up to 25 I, I I was intermittent walking running walking running so which is totally fine because we were not expecting the heat and that was definitely tough Red and Amy says that you know 20 is amazing but when you're a red-headed boy like myself with pasty skin this the heat just gets you it really does it really gets you so Zoe asked another question. What motivated you to keep going? Obviously seeing friends and family along the route was, was massive, but I think the kind of main thing that was pushing me over the line was just ticking that, you know, I've done a marathon off my, off my bucket list. You know, the, the, the sense of I, I have not got that far to go. I've done the, I've done the hard work. I've, I've really put in as much as I possibly can for this. And then, yeah, I, I got to the end. So that that was that was it it was just making sure that i got to the end and i really i did finish and i finished as strongly as i could under the circumstances and yeah that's you know just just ticking it off the bucket list that's what motivated me all right nicole's got like three different questions so i'm oh going to ask God. them back to back first question are you retired uh pending we'll, we'll we'll see lots of people i think i've said to you today like ooh, when's the next one i, I can't think of another one <laughs> i can't think of doing any sort of thing uh, maybe like i'll do halves or something but i don't know if i'll do another a full marathon it's you know that that, that was intense like yeah. that was i needed way more training and i feel like i probably needed way more I needed more longer runs, I think, on the training plan, I think, to really prepare me for how intense that was going to be. Okay. Um, so, yeah, maybe if I did do another one in the future, I'd probably want to do a couple of marathons within the plan to, like, or, like, 23 miles. Or yeah, I was going to say people typically will run, like, max 23. Well, yeah, then hit okay. me up with some 23s and maybe, okay. I'll, maybe I'll do that, but okay. probably right now, no. Um, next question from Nicole. How's the spleen? That's just insulting. How's the spleen? Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? That's so rude. Um, and then the last question from Nicole. Don't forget to use aloe. Like for sunburns. Right. Okay. Aloe vera. Right. Getcha. <laughs> yes, that. I, I gotcha. Okay. Thanks. Cheers. Yeah. Okay. Moving on to a question from Catherine. Best and worst moment. And will Jack do any more? Well done. Thank you, Catherine. Uh, best and worst moment. Best moment, um, I would say, was seeing my parents and my brother 
I, I for some reason my parent my my brother's partner wasn't there at the time so it'd be nice obviously to see all four of them but seeing them three um was enough at tower bridge to really like just just push me on um and knowing that i then saw them again later down the line at about 25 yeah it was right right by the end yeah um that that pushed me on that was a great moment um the worst moment though was the heat by canary wharf which i know isn't exactly too far along the course but my god it was absolutely awful when the sun was shining and I, I was saying to Liz as we were running around please find me some shade yeah I needed the shade yeah and it's it's ridiculous how bad like the sun can just affect me when I'm running um and especially because I didn't have a hat I didn't have you know sunblock on I was I was I was going out there with the mindset that this was going to be a really cold windy rainy run and it just wasn't yeah um so yeah I'm oh, sorry, I just saw something come up. Um, yeah, Lisa's your... just asked a question. What was, we haven't talked about times yet. So she's asking about what was the okay. final time for you as well as just adding a comment of, I'd love to do a marathon, but I'm very slow. That doesn't matter if you're fast, you're slow. The fact that at some stage you'll be able to say that you completed a marathon is massive. And, you know, th- there was somebody that didn't complete it until six o'clock last night, I don't think. We're all on our own. We're, we're all running our own race it doesn't matter when you finish as long as you put the put the effort in to finish and keep trying and keep going for it yeah you'll be able to say at the end of it that you finished and that's a massive thing so yeah i think i saw someone with a sign that said like find find the pace that you're at peace with so one that like is comfortable for you and like you know can keep you going for 26 miles because it's a long way but 5 19 23 for me was his final time, which is awesome. Yeah, I mean, I, I was looking to get under five hours, but you know, at twenty, just after twenty-one miles, I just knew that it wasn't going to happen, and I was at peace with it. <laughs> Stormtrooper went past me. Yeah. Chewbacca went past me. A couple like, of rhinos. A couple of no, I only, had, we... I only had one rhino go past me. I saw a few. Oh, all right. Maybe I just lost all vision by this point. A few crayons went past me. Yes, crayons. Um, so yeah, crayons, Stormtrooper, and Chewbacca went past me. Oh, I think Elvis went past me at one point mm. as well. That was that was a, a moment. When's the next race? So Jack doesn't have anything in the books at the moment, but I've mentioned that I've got a half marathon in December that I'll start training towards and I'm aiming for a sub 145. So lots of running content to come for that. And then I've got Cambridge half in the spring and then Manchester marathon as well. Beck asked, on top of extra long runs in training, is there anything else that you do different in training or on marathon day? Diet. 100% diet. Mm. Just, it, I think if I had really like just been more stringent on my diet, I would have done better and maybe performed better. But, you know, I wanted to try, I wanted to do all of this from a perspective of I am not a runner. I'm not somebody that like monitors that all the calories and all, you know, goes into calorie deficit and stuff like that. You know, I know the terminology and stuff, but I don't do any of that stuff. I'm much more of a, I eat what I like because I enjoy it but I'm still going to try and keep myself fit and I'm still going to try and do a marathon. And I did. Um, but yeah, if I was going to be taking it super seriously, then I'd be changing my diet. Mm. Um, yeah. Sophie said, I know you're looking ahead to Manchester, Liz. Jack, will you continue running with her? I think we've kind of said that like kind of post marathon for him, he's going to have about a week off. I think you're going to try for your football game on Sunday, but otherwise we might start going to the gym together because I started incorporating strength training into my marathon training this past 
training block for Berlin and London. And I saw a massive difference. So I definitely want to continue with the gym. And I think that Jack might join me for some of that. But I think that you mentioned the other day that you're going to feel quite weird if you're not running anymore and that you might try and incorporate it here and there. I don't know when you thought you heard that. I don't remember <laughs> I saying swear that. I heard it. I, I don't remember saying that. <laughs> we're, um, we're about how many questions we're getting on there. We're never going to get to all these ones. It's, it's the okay. Longest, longest episode you've ever done. Great. I love it. I, I think long podcast episodes are so fun and just like good to listen to on long walks, but that's just me. The half that I'm doing in December, Jade, is the Victoria half. It was funny enough, the very first half marathon I ever trained for in, and I ran it in November, 2019 and ran it in two hours and one minute on the dot. It was the first thing that I ever trained for and it was like what kind of really kick-started all the distance running so I'm excited to go back and run it again such a great course and if you ever want to find like races around the UK I love run through UK they have loads of races and that's where I typically find a lot of my halves so yeah let's try and move into onto some of the Instagram questions from Q&A so Melina asked easiest and hardest bits and will you do another marathon <laughs> I mean, I feel like we might have probably covered that, but easiest bit was was setting off, and probably, probably, I would actually say like the first like sixteen miles actually felt pretty comfortable and felt good, and like I was I was capable of I was capable of anything at that time, and then we went downhill. Hardest bits, the hills. I was really surprised at the amount of hills on mm. the London Marathon. Like really surprised. Uh, you did not prepare me for that. Coach. I don't. I don't find it quite hilly though. Coach, I don't know what? if I'm just used to running in London. But Coach, what happened? I personally don't think. I to me, when I think of hills, I'm thinking like hills, not like hills, like that are just a <laughs> slight increase in <laughs> not hills but hills coach that makes zero sense unless somebody can see you doing it so the podcast is going to make zero sense you going i'm not about hills but about hills anyway 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 these are all notes that i'm taking in for if you ever run a marathon again so don't worry well don't worry you don't have to write them down <laughs> all right kaylee asked was there anything you didn't expect about the marathon that you wish you'd prepared for the hills and just as James is saying, the hills were unexpected. The hills yeah. were so unexpected. Like, they just... I didn't even realise London was, was a hilly. Like, wh where are these hills just popped out from? Like, I thought Canary Wharf, I thought Tower Bridge, Tower Okay, Hill. wait, we, we have to answer this question because I got an Instagram DM about it as well. What? Did Jack get his pre-race Costa Mocha? No, I had, uh, I had a fettuccine <laughs> Alfredo, which basically did exactly the same, like, <laughs> result. So we're fine, like... The Costa Mocha was like, it was going to be, it, we were going to do it. Yeah. And then I checked the Costa nearby and um, it unfortunately shut. it was shut. Yeah. So instead I went for Fettuccine Alfredo to really like. Good old Michael Scott moment. To really destroy myself. Yeah. No, I was just going to reply to Sophie's comment here about like Googling a flat course and how Google calls London's course close to Pancake Flat. Funny enough, Manchester is actually labeled as the UK's flattest race course. So it's not London, but if you're looking for the flattest, Manchester, and that's apparently where a lot of people PB and do really well. So yeah, yes, there was a lot of waiting. <laughs> okay, Sophie asked, at what points did you feel your best during the race? Miles 10 to miles ten to 16. Okay. Miles, um, sorry, miles 10 to 16. I, I mean, miles, the start to mile 16. 
Okay. I felt really good in that time. I felt really strong. I felt really like confident that I was going to be okay and that I was going to be able to keep going throughout the whole thing. And then, yeah, it, it just really got me. That is an amazing... How can I make That's myself That's my friend enjoy? Michael. How can I make myself enjoy running? Michael, Michael. Yeah, Michael from college. Oh, damn. Michael, Michael. And we're meeting like this. I, <laughs> I don't know how I feel about this. Um... Michael, only you can make yourself enjoy running. Listen to podcasts. Uh, Lamau, hey. <laughs> Lamau. <laughs> listen to podcasts or listen to listen to Liz's podcast. I mean, yeah, you, I think you, that's... You, it's different for people, though, because some people like listening to books. Some people like listening to podcasts. I like listening to really hardcore EDM that's, like, screaming at me. But that's just me. <laughs> Okay, moving on to the next question. Another question from Sophie. Are you going to keep up running? Um, we'll see. Okay. I'm just going to answer that flat out. We'll see. Maybe. And another last question from Sophie. What was your favorite part of training? The end. Because then, cause then it, was that, it was done. Like, I, didn't ha- I don't have to run every night anymore. I don't have to, like, track anything on Strava. I don't have to do this anymore. Mm. And although, yeah, it's going to be like, oh, it feels weird not doing it. I've got the medal to show that all of the training and all the stuff I did is here. I did it. I've, I've got it now. It's fine. And I can cross that off my bucket list. And it's, yeah, it's all good. Yes, Monica to the EDM. Cena asks, did he run before he started training with you this year for the marathon or start from zero? So I I play football every Tuesday night and every Sunday. Now, on the Tuesday evenings, I usually run about four miles on average. Um, and on the Sundays, it's uh, intervals up and down like of running and you know sprinting and, and jogging. And it's a much wider open wider open pitch so i would i wouldn't say like i started from directly at zero Mm. but i wouldn't say that i was like running for the sake of running yeah uh prior to any of this so as soon as i got the ballot place we had a couple of gym sessions i think and that was just me sort of like getting into the zone of running trying to like put it into my schedule of my day-to-day and it didn't really work because I think we sort of got done with the gym like there were so many like gym bros in there and we basically have we've changed gyms since then that was a bad gym but yeah it wasn't and I've, I've had some bad experiences with gyms before you know like me sitting on an actual bit of equipment and somebody like coming up to me and and like literally laughing in my face um that I'm doing it wrong or that like I just look odd to be in the gym it it really tainted my experience with with this particular gym um so we don't go there anymore and you know it's it's a shame it happens I I, well I'd like I'd like to think it doesn't happen but whatever so we move gyms and yeah you go there and you say it's fine I'm probably going to join shortly but I wouldn't say I started from zero. I started from a little bit of a better place than most, but I wasn't a runner runner. I didn't go out on the, on my week, my evenings or my weekends specifically to run. Yeah. It was I, to play football, play sport. Yeah, because I remember when I used to play sports when I was younger and like that was different because I, I resented and I hated like cardio conditioning sessions and yeah it's it's super different it's nice to have that like sports background to start with but also it's not impossible if you're starting from like ground zero essentially next question from sasha what was the most challenging and best moment of your first marathon so similar questions but if you're thinking of anything particularly new about different moments i mean i guess we've kind of covered the most challenging haven't we which is that kind of back eight miles uh, and the best moment 
the best moment yeah just just finishing up seeing that see, actually seeing the finish line you know seeing the finish line that was the moment where i was like i've done it i'm here i can make it yeah all right annalise asks favorite and least favorite part of the route uh favorite part of the route would be uh tower hill i don't think yeah i i don't think actually it was given enough credit for how serious that moment is it's in it's insane there's there's it's my favorite there, part. There, there it's so a, good. There must be at least a thousand people on the bridge. Yeah, just, yeah. Just all screaming and like, they're not screaming for individuals. They're screaming for every single person that is on that bridge running at that time. You are being screamed at from every angle. Everyone's pushing you to go further and to keep running and to keep going. And yeah, like as you're like running under it as well, it's totally different to being in a car or... Cutty Sark, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 That was C- good. Cutty Sark is very, very good as well. That I, was I, the first spot that I saw you last year when I was running it. Yeah, it, and it's so, it's so cool. It is, it is incredible. And I, you saw your parents on Tower Bridge, Tower Bridge, and they just like unleash this like sign that he wasn't expecting. It's like, can it was, I, can I have your shirt? And I was like, you do not want this shirt. Trust me, it is sweaty. Yeah, no. Yeah, although the people that came out to support in those areas did a fantastic job. Like, everyone was really, like, there wasn't anybody doing anything, like, stupid or silly. Mm. People were there to support, and that was really Canary Wharf is also always not my favorite part because it just feels endless. But anyways, Laura asks, are the last five or six miles as bad as everyone says they are? I think I've answered it. I think I've said it, haven't I, really? It's it's more... I can't even answer how horrendous it was for me personally. I can only assume other people feel very similarly. But yeah, it was just so tricky and so difficult to really perk myself up to be able to get through it. So yeah, yeah. That's, that's my answer to that. And then the next question, Sammy's asking, she's saying, did you hit a wall, which we have already kind of established. But the next bit saying, how did you get through it if you did? T- taking the time to walk. Just, I walked a little bit, I then started running. I walked a little bit, I then started running. That was my way of getting through it. I wasn't going to get through it and continuously run. I did that for like the last mile and a bit. I was able to keep running. But once I hit the wall, I was like, oh my God, like everything hurts. Like my knees hurt, my ankles hurt, my shins hurt, my calves are killing me. My, my hamstrings feel like they're on like their last the edge of like the edge of despair like one wrong move and my hamstring is gonna go from ping pop mm. so yeah i work at canary wharf so that was a pain for me yeah you're probably running around all the areas that you walk around for lunch and stuff you're like eh. hate it so the next two questions are essentially around just asking jack again if he will be running another marathon and i feel like i keep repeating them to try and get him to maybe not tomorrow or like in a few months but it's gonna be like subliminal uh, subliminal messaging isn't it you're gonna just like keep saying the words marathon and hope that i sign up for one later down the line yeah or just hope that while you come to me with me to my races it'll like encourage no. you you can look at yeah. me all you like emily asked how did your marathon pace compare to your long run pace well, actually we kept it pretty well we kept, um my, my long run pace is usually like just under 10 and then as I get into the double digit miles, it gets into, you know, like 10.30 and 10.45s and stuff like that. I think we kept it at 10, according to my Strava anyway, we kept it at like 10.14 for ages. 
every time I looked down at my watch, it was like 10, 10, 10, 09, 10, 08, 10, 11, and all that. So we kept it pretty solid. Um, and that is one thing that you actually mentioned to me many, many times. You said, keep your keep your pace as, as steady as you can, not going too quick, not going too slow. And I think we did, I think we did that. I think we kept it a good pace and it was able, it's, I think that's what got me around the first 16 miles so comfortably. Yeah. I say, when I say comfortably, I mean comfortably for what I am used to. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's just what you always hear. And that's one, something that I struggle with quite a lot is just like going into the marathon and starting and trying not to be tempted to just like kick off with everyone and like start going at a pace that you shouldn't be going at or going too fast. So I'm proud of Jack for keeping that pace for, you know, that first half really. I've got a couple of other questions. Bridget asked, how warm did it get during the race? So I think the first half up until I feel like after we crossed Tower Bridge, it got warm. And I don't know if it was just because maybe coming up to Tower Bridge, we were, there were more trees or we were more in the shade, but it was just very, very warm. And yeah, I don't know what the specific temperature was around it, but it was warm enough that we really had to start prioritizing around miles 14 to 16 you know, making sure that we tried to get into the shade more often, making sure that we were actually picking up water at the stations because both Jack and I were running with hydration backpacks. And so, and we were only picking up these water bottles just to, you know, put it on his head, put it down, you know, the back of his neck because it was very, very warm and taking heat breaks as well, which is something that I learned from Nicole in Miami is just the importance of like stopping if you need to in the shade to bring that heart rate down and just make sure that you don't collapse someone actually came up to us and you know was like quite worried about you as well and Rain- rainbow tutu lady yes yeah she yeah big up rainbow tutu lady don't know where she is don't know what she's doing now but i hope she's well yeah she's doing a good job. all right liam's asking what was your longest run prior to the marathon and how did you plan your nutrition and hydration strategy 20 miles liam um and how did i plan my nutrition and hydration uh i was doing my energy gels every five miles i actually only ended up having three um and then i and like with like the lucasade um uh, points around i had a couple of those and having the lucasade on top of the the goo energy gels i inevitably just started feeling sick and i got to around 21 miles and i was like i'm going to throw up like i cannot keep going and I think you said to me at one point, like, oh, you can have your energy gel early if you need to. I think maybe you should have one that gives you, you know, it's got the salt in it. It's got the energy in it. You can have all that. And I just looked at you and just went, absolutely not. I will throw up all over you. Um, so, yeah, that was, yeah. That, was, that was a moment. It's tough um, because, like, I think it's really frustrating to train so much up until race day and then, you know, feel like, you know, there's just so many things that feel out of your control, but the reality of it is, is you can do so much training, but there are so many external factors that you just can't control. And one of them being, sometimes your stomach is just starts doing flip-flops and mine did that in Berlin. I think I only ended up having, I didn't, we, both of us, I think, bring six gels to marathons to take them every five miles, but both of us did not end up finishing. So Yeah, that was sort of our plan going into it. Another question from James. What was your biggest mistake if you made any? Not bringing a hat. However, I have very recognizable hair. So the plan was that I don't wear a hat so people can see me and recognize me and know who I am in terms of what I mean by that is like family members being able to spot me in the crowd. 
uh, my nan hopefully being able to spot me on the TV because my nan was watching from from her home. Um, yeah, that was that was probably a mistake. Maybe I could have taken it off on the moments where I knew they'd be um, and have it on the remainder of the time. But you know, at the end of the day, I'm happy. I got my medal. I've done it. I'm all good. And also, I can see somebody else has put. I've done four so far. That is incredible. That is humongous. So well done. Love I it. Don't know if you're ticking off the the Abbott majors, but even so, it doesn't matter. Four marathons is amazing because I just did one, and I feel like that's it now. Never again. You will sign up for another one. You have me confused for somebody else. Let's <laughs> move on to the next question. All right, Bill asked, "What was your favorite portion of the race course?" Go on, Bill. Um, what was my favorite part? Again, I feel like I answered this earlier when I said the start and then the finish. My favorite portion was probably, again, Tower Hill. Mm. Just, just, just that area in general. Just from the moment you turn that corner to to then see Tower Bridge in front of you and to go along Tower Bridge, you get this completely different perspective of Tower Bridge when you're running it rather than walking it. And I mean running it like in the middle. There were people stopping to take photos mid-marathon just because they were in the middle of Tower Bridge. And like, that's yeah. the only time you'll ever be able to take that photo. Yeah. But I was I was more than happy to just enjoy it in that moment. I didn't want a photo. I didn't want you stopping and taking a photo of me like that. I'm in the middle of a marathon, damn it. I wanna, I wanna keep going. <laughs> um, so yeah, I was, I was that moment. That was my moment, Bill. Follow-up question from Bill. If you could go back and do one thing differently to prepare for the race, what would it be? Change my diet. Change my diet. I would I would prepare differently with my diet and make sure that I was eating all the right stuff. Wasn't eating those little sugary wafers that I got from the local convenience store um, because they were unbelievably good. I'll have them now, but like I won't be having them. I wouldn't have them in the training build-up for a marathon anymore. Can't mm. do it. So. Not at all? I would not be able. No, there'd be no cheat day. If I was gonna, if I was gonna go seriously, there'd be no cheat day. Might have a pizza every now and again. That's not a cheat day. It's just a cheat meal. It's fine. Um, so yeah, well, yeah. Okay. And I, I'd make it myself as well, so it was even even nicer. Mm. You know, homemade pizza. All right. Well, Sierra asks, what were the high and low points of the race? High point, finishing, getting the medal given to me by probably the nicest volunteer I've ever met in my entire life. Loveliest guy, didn't get his name, gutted. What was the lowest point? The lowest point was when I got to the first point of needing to walk. That moment, I felt so defeated. And that must have been the most, like, I don't know if you've seen the film Run, Fatboy, Run. But there's a moment in there where he, he starts to run and it's like he hits, like he literally hits a wall. And like he bounces back off of it. And that for me was when I needed to walk. I hit that wall and immediately I just went, that's, that's it. I, yeah. I, I'm done. Like I, I cannot go any further than this. And, you know, thankfully there was so many people on the sides. There was the thought of, um, you know, my parents seeing me at the finish line, there was you next to me carrying me and holding my hand and stuff and just saying, you can do this, you got this. And yeah, that pushed me through. Um, but my God, it was, it was tough. It was tough. Mm. I think, yeah, you really struggled initially with just like that, you know, accepting and knowing that you could just take a break and just stop. And I think you really needed to except that it was okay to, you know, okay, stop to walk. To walk. Yeah. Because yeah. I think leading up to it, you were quite adamant about just 
you know keeping on going keeping on going yeah we've got another question from liam asking what was your recovery meal so i really 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 wanted to have um a burger king i really wanted a burger king because it was really late by the time i actually got around to being hungry it was about 8 30 and i checked all around our area and the burger king for some reason wasn't delivering absolutely gutted no reason as to why they weren't did they run out of burgers what kind of burger king are they if they run out of burgers all right let me order a chicken burger where's the what's going on so in the end i went with kfc um and it hit it hit some spots the chips were decent actually i was surprised at that and i got a corn on the cob as well Mm -hmm. yeah good corn marie asked what training schedule you used so they're is a guy called Hal Higdon and he is a marathon runner but he also has plans online so I basically took one of his beginner plans and catered it to Jack's sort of like weekly schedule and incorporated his Tuesday night football for like the first portion of it and then cut it out for the last month just to make sure that he wasn't going to injure himself but that was essentially what we were using so I've always up until this point used plans that I find online and so far the different resources I've used are Hal Higdon and I think it's runnersworld.com has really good plans as well. So there are definitely plans that you can find online if you're interested, but otherwise I think that I personally might actually be getting a coach soon just for next year. That's another topic for another time. All right. Well, I think that that is all the questions. We've just hit 40 minutes, which is crazy, but yeah. Thanks guys for tuning in on the TikTok live and for everyone that asked questions on the podcast Instagram story. This was super fun and yeah, stay tuned for what whatever f- future Jack will be running in the future. What's next for Jack R. Mart on on uh, on TikTok? You know, where do I go from here? The whole point was running the London Marathon. What, what do I do now? Don't know. You guys will just have to stay tuned, I guess. Unless anyone's got some amazing inspiration that they want to send me, feel free to follow me, Jack Armar, and tell me what to do. I don't I don't know what to do with myself now. Like, what? I, I, and no, I'm not running another marathon. I'm done. You're both... Oh, oh it's Liv! She commented on one of my things. <laughs> I, yeah. What do I do now? I don't know. But, I mean... Oh, God, we're still recording on the podcast as well. I had no idea. I'm I'm gone. Yes, it's me. <laughs> well, I was going to say, did, did you have anything to say just looking back at the last 18 weeks of, you know, finding out that you got in the ballot place to yesterday? I'm pretty happy with how my calves have turned out. Pretty pleased with those. They've, they've definitely improved in definition and in strength i think i'm going to be fitter for my football now i think like it's going to be surprising as well i feel like i'm going to like go to my first football session like maybe on my tuesday night next week and i'll do it and i'll all of a sudden be running all over the place and i won't feel as though i'm that tired i feel like it's going to really pump because as well i've not played football in over a month and a half to like Mm. avoid being injured so this is going to be like i'm gonna have to try and learn to play football again yeah. Which is a lot because I wasn't very good in the first place. Liam's just mentioned that there's still time to get to put a ballot in for next year. Liam, there's still time for you to leave. <laughs> don't, don't do this to me. I'm not prepared. Hey, <laughs> Liam, I've put a ballot place in. Jack hasn't, sadly, this time. But who knows? We have until the 7th, I think. But yes, Sophie, I am trying. Jack, unfortunately, is not. But I will be trying to run London next year with it moved back to April. I have done both winter training and summer training. And I prefer summer training but I will do winter training but I have signed up for Manchester so that'll be interesting if I get a ballot place in London next year because that would be another round of back-to-back weekends
weekends because for those that don't know, I just finished running two marathons in a week, Berlin and London. But yeah, I guess this has just been a really fun 18 weeks, a really fun couple of months of training and working together to get you fit enough to do what you did yesterday. And yeah, like I've been telling you a hundred times, I'm so proud of you. Thanks very much. Really appreciate that. Um, I do it for the fans. He's uh, very professional here. I'm not very professional. I'm. It's it's been it's been a hell of a journey. It really has. From the moment that I uploaded that first video, and and for some reason it, it took off a little bit and like nearly got a hundred thousand views, which was insane. I am pretty pleased actually to be able to say one thing, and that is that I I have silenced the haters. All those people that told me, oh, you, you know, you're not even a runner and you're, you're running in your first ballot place. Oh, I bet you're, you know, I bet you're not even going to run. I bet you're going to drop out. All those people that said, oh, I bet you're going to drop out. Have some of that. All right. That's all I'm going to do. That's all I'm going to say. South London accent. Have some of that. Because I was reading those comments and they were all horrible. They're all really rude. And there's no point being so aggressive towards somebody who you don't even know who has just got into the London Marathon like the first time round, completely unexpectedly. I didn't say to them, oh, please put me in the ballot so I can annoy everybody that doesn't get in every year. They just pick me randomly. So yeah. there you go. And with that, we'll end this podcast episode. That's right. We will. <laughs> Thanks for listening. All right, everyone, that's going to wrap up another episode of the Resiliency and Running podcast. I really do hope that you enjoyed it. As always, I'll include links to connect with Jack on social media, as well as links to all of the resources that you can find around my podcast. But until then, we will see you in the next episode. Bye for now.